0: Hey, my name is Addie Chapin, and I am reporting live from Lookout Mountain. And I will share with you today really just some observations that I've had over the last six or eight weeks. Um, So my friend Meg and I—we both are mothers of small children, and um, we've been stuck at home for a long time. And she and I go on hikes and walks, and mostly to escape those children and to find some peace and quiet. And nature really is where we've always gone to observe and be still and talk about what we see. And if you've got small children or grandchildren or neighbors, um, the real gift, and maybe a curse if you have bad knees, is that you spend a lot of time low to the ground But I've found that a lot of God's greatest truths are also found low to the ground and at the eye level of a child. So this past week, we've been talking about the life cycle of a dandelion, which I did not know much about, but we did some reading. Um, And I happen to have a lot in my yard so I can observe this firsthand. But these little yellow flowers that we all recognize, they just kind of come out of nowhere and take over and we curse them, we weed them, we mow over them, we spray stuff on them, we do whatever we can to kind of banish these things um, they just won't go away and then uh, suddenly they start to close in on themselves, so these pretty yellow petals, pretty I know it's a weed, but it It closes in, it literally shelters in place, and it loses all of its color, and it dies right there, Um, and it makes your yard look pretty bad, and then over the course of a few days, uh, inside this little pod, these willowy, feathery bristles start to develop, and one by one, they sprout into that gumball shaped sphere that we all know and this thing that was totally impervious that we couldn't get rid of is now so delicate that it can be blown away with the breath of a child and now my children run towards this weed um, with laughter and excitement and they prepare to make a wish. This would probably be a nicer metaphor if it was about a rose garden or something like that, but I do not have one of those right now. I just have a lot of weeds. Um, So now I will read an excerpt from Luke 12. This is the parable of the rich fool. And it says, The land of the rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns, I'll build larger ones, and there I will store all of my grain and my goods. I will say to my soul, You have ample goods laid up for many years, so take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. I um, don't have much to say about this other than the land produced plentifully. It's God, it's the land, it's the earth that is the main actor here. The man, who is all of us, um, turns to himself (laughs) and he says, this is what I'm going to do. Right off the bat, totally in character. He confuses where all of this has come from, who made it, and what he can even do about it. <laughs> like all of us, and especially in the last six or eight weeks, um, are so tempted. I mean, I I am regularly, and do hourly probably is more realistic, but um, I'm tempted to say, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna build a bigger barn. This is how much I need. This is what I can do to ensure that everything I've known will not change. I've got this under control and this cannot be taken from me. We spend a lot of energy doing that and we also know that this can change in an instant. And thank God, (laughs) if you're reading along Verse 27 says, Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O men of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be of anxious mind. For all the nations of the world seek these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things shall be yours as well. What a relief that we have a God who knows what we need, and he wants to give it to us. And he has given it to us. It just didn't look like what we expected it to. And if we're honest, we probably resisted it. It's been a long time trying to build bigger barns to ensure that nothing had to change. And that what we had always known would stay the same. To quote one of my favorite books, it's Every Moment Holy, is like a liturgy for the everyday. And one of the lines that I just think is so poignant. It says, let the disappointment do its work. Let the disappointment do its work. Let the death do its work. This, um, this has to happen. This death has to happen. It is the prelude. It's the, it's the prerequisite um, for the resurrection. And it is a prerequisite to new life. And it can be a death of dreams, of hopes, of expectations, of how we thought this was going to go, how this was supposed to go. It can be a death and disappointment um, of promises, of relationships, of even the human body, and of the body of Christ. But it is from this death that he will and he has brought new life. And it's different than the one we've always known. Thanks be to God.